0: Cats at Night. Now, here's John Catsimatidis.
1: This is Cats at Night. John Catsimatidis here, the number one show at 5 o'clock. And, uh, well, we have a great show for you again today. I mean, we're going to tell you what the heck is going on in our city, our, our, our state, our country, and the world. And uh, in the studio with us is uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. How are you, Judge? Nice to be back. Thank you. Good. And uh, former congressman. I, I hate saying former congressman. No, I, I have say to say former. that. Yeah, congressman I Peter congressman. King. Congressman Peter King.
2: Uh, it's great to be here, and thank you, and thank the judge, and thank your sidekick.
1: It's my sidekick. She keeps kicking. He just wants me to kick you now. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, And Lydia Serrani. Lydia? You know who needs a kick?
3: Uh, Biden. bite it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we have a great show for everyone. You leave today. that to Alphonse D'Amato. Exactly. <laughs> Climate change, existential threat. Okay. So we're gonna have a great show. We're gonna have Congressman Andrew Garbarino. We're going to speak with Scott Powell. He has a great book out. The United States is already in World War Three. I think I've heard that somewhere else before. Senator Alphonse D'Amato will and also be- Pirro. and Judge Janine Pirro. But first on the line, we have Charlie Gasparino. He's an economist, he's a writer. All around great guy, and he loves the gym. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Charlie. I
0: I, I am not an economist. Well, what are, you're,
3: what are you? You 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 know a lot about the economy.
0: I well, I took a lot of econ in college, and I've been writing about it for thirty years. But damn, calling me an economist is like calling Peter King uh, a councilman.
3: Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh,
4: I like that. Okay. Oh, okay. Congressman oh, Congressman oh, Okay.
1: Have we figured out, Charlie, John Katzmatidis. have we figured <laughs> hey, out what the heck is going on? No, I mean listen.
0: I mean, it, what's so odd about this is that the Fed is going so slow with interest rates, raising interest rates, that the, the market is starting to think it's not going to go through with it. We're going to have two interest rate increases, and then that's going to be it. Um, just look at the way. Um, well, I'm the guy that's
1: telling. Uh, I'm telling. I tell Jay Powell every chance I get, don't raise them. Well, I suppose you suppose you have, say? Suppose you have another
0: nine percent inflation number, you know. Uh, yeah, but what instance.
1: happens if, the, if 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 oil goes down? Remember what I said on uh, my last show. Uh, I said that uh, we have reached peak pricing on oil and it's headed the other way. All
0: right. Suppose it, suppose inflation goes down to seven percent. You still you still two you still five percent above their two percent target. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I would just like him. To well, they get, spent trillions of, of dollars. Fast.
1: They spent trillions of dollars to get us over COVID. can you know before we destroy the rest of the economy? Can't we? Can we punt a little bit?
0: I don't know, man. It, 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 listen, there's, there's, it's not what, what you're saying is not absurd. I, I agree with you. And, and by the way, there are tremendous ramifications of raising rates and having rates spike dramatically, including you know servicing the debt, which is not going to be easy.
2: Now, also, um, what does that do to the housing industry?
0: You well, know, that too, and you could see it starting to slow a little bit. Even I mean, there's a headlines coming out. You know, the average medium house. Uh, I saw some some headline in the journal that the medium house, median house, is up. Uh, it hit some record, but also there's there's all these signs of slowing down. So um, there's a wealth effect on that when you raise rates, um, people lose money that they that they counted on and that they borrow against. Uh, but you you know the problem is that if you have raging inflation. it it really it really it's like a tax increase on poor people and working class people it's it's really a devastating thing and at some point it also will lead to an economic slowdown anyway because people eventually cut back uh you know you just don't go on vacation You, you don't buy you don't go out to dinner it's just too expensive and that's starting to happen so there's a lot for him to juggle here my personal preference would be puke it out and let's move on, you know, <laughs> just like raise it two points and, you know, let the markets adjust and then, you know, and then get rid of it, have a, have a fast, steep recession or whatever. Maybe it's not that steep, modest. Charlie, can, I, we can quote,
2: quote John Caspatini, what would happen if they opened up the oil spigots? What would that do to inflation? Well, that would
0: help because that would help with the supply side and you could raise rates and normalize money while you have a supply of oil coming in. <clears throat> Uh, it, that would definitely help, but they don't want to do that. And this is not an, a. This is. I, I don't think you could count on fiscal policy getting rid of inflation right now. And what, what would fiscal policy do to get rid of inflation? Well, theoretically, if you um, cut taxes or, or did some pro-growth measures, uh, Arthur Laffer and, and Larry Kudlow would explain this better than me. Uh, they and, and cut regulations and maybe drill more for oil by cutting regulations. That would increase the supply side, so there'd be more supply of goods out there. Um, and that would be one way to deal with inflation while you normalize interest rates and the money supply. But they're not doing that. Now, so, and I last, don't think they will. last
1: Friday, uh, Charlie, uh, in the morning when Biden just got to, to Saudi Arabia and they were talking, the price of oil went as low, almost as low as $89 because they thought maybe – there's, there's, there's going to be a deal.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, but that's still above, that's still not, you know, that's it not where it was. It's not $50. No,
3: it went back up to 100 And John, you know. what would happen if, if Biden just made a speech and said, listen, we're going to start drilling here. We're going to become energy independent again. I'm going to lift up well, the restrictions. He's but gonna, what would happen? By the
0: way, he's calling for, an environmental, what did he say, catastrophe? I don't yeah, know. Right.
5: Climate emergency. <laughs>
3: he said climate change is an existential threat. He said I mean, it's also down. presenting a clear and present danger. I yeah, saw I mean, that crude movie.
0: Crude Oil, by the way, is above above 100 now.
3: Yeah, But Saudi Arabia is not in our climate, by the way. It's not the same planet. Charlie, Neither is China Russia. I
5: want, a, right. I want to direct your attention to this because I saw it in the Wall Street Journal today in an op- op-ed, and it really concerned me. It has to do with the Department of Labor saying that Investor, investment managers have to look at pension managers, mutual fund managers. They have to look at the ESG, the yeah. environmental impacts, before they make investment as part of that fiduciary duty. Could right. you comment on that, please?
0: Well, I mean, listen, it's going to run head first. Into opposition from Congress, I can tell you that if the republican state congress, this whole movement of the e s g environmental social governments making companies essentially adopt an agenda that's political and woke uh you know cut back on all sorts of usage of oil, you know make sure if you, you know make sure you have um not the best uh people on the board but a, a diverse p- uh, board and there's a whole there's a whole panoply that's, of but
5: the that's thing. larry frank's agenda isn't it?
0: Well, just so you know, I know Larry Fink a little bit better than you guys. He's not the zealot that people suggest. I mean, if you sat down with him and have him explain it, he would say, particularly on the environmental side, more than the social government side, he would say, "Listen, we need to make a transition to to these to the through to, to this green energy. We can't do it overnight, or else we'll have massive inflation." I mean, he said that like about. Six months ago, eight months ago, so you know he's been he's not as zealot is as as much of a zealot as the people in the Biden administration, including uh, the SEC chair um, uh, Gary Gensler, who's pushing this on companies and obviously uh, people at the Labor Department. I mean, it's it's really a scary thing. To I mean, if you think about it, it's it's progressive leftism employing corporate America to do its dirty work. Isn't that kind of like Orwellian?
5: It's kind of it's statism. What it is is statism. It's yeah, the worst it's statism, kind of central but it's, it's, planning It's the statism. worst
0: type in the world, right? So this is all going to come under, if the Republicans get Congress, this is all going to be, you know, hashed out, you know, in hearings and things of that nature. And so, um, you know, be be prepared. That's, this is going to be a huge issue.
3: And what's the latest on the Elon Musk trial? Now he he didn't want a speedy trial. Twitter did, and it looks like Twitter is getting their wish and they yeah, could yeah. start as soon as October. What does that mean for Elon? Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, he got his rear end handed to him a little bit. You know, he said, "Listen, I need months and months and months to prove my point that" Twitter's cooking the books on the fake account. That's why I'm I'm able to leave, Uh, and uh, you know. So um, give me—I need time for discovery. Blah blah blah. Judge says you'll get five. You're—we're gonna—you'll get—you'll get a a month, a couple months, and uh, you know, because he wanted toward to the end of the year until February. He goes, no, no, no. You'll get until October, and we're going to do this in five days. So already, the disposition of the judge is against him. You could tell. Uh, My yeah listen, I don't know him. he's crazy and he's erratic and everything and and you know he doesn't you know if you know people that know him, they'll tell you he doesn't really read balance sheets. it's all gut um i you know, but the smart people I know that are involved in the deal and I know bankers that are involved, they will tell you like any poss any anything is possible here like he could come back and say listen I'll give you instead of doing the forty four billion dollar deal, I'll give you current price right now, what is it, about forty dollars a share I'll give you twenty eight billion um and they may have to say yes cuz there's no other buyers of twitter you know t- twitter's a horrendous business uh that said this judge may you know twitter might just say screw it let's let's roll the dice on this this judge doesn't like him he may have to come up with the 55 the 44 dollars. 44 billion. Billion. I mean, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I don't think a judge will force him to buy something he really doesn't want. Yeah, can
3: you do that?
0: But well, I mean, well, I don't think the judge wants to do that. Um, but he may say, he may say, well, if I'm going to buy, if I'm going to pay it, I'm going to buy it now. Yeah. And uh, I mean, who knows? This is going to be a pretty good story. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's more dime store novel than legalese, as I said in the post in my column. So let we, me ask you one thing about
5: this legislation that they're pushing in Congress now for. Uh, subsidizing the chip industry could you talk about that
0: sure i mean i know a little bit about it because i i you know i've been reporting about paul pelosi nancy pelosi's husband's trades you know right before it like so he made a pretty good trade on nvidia stock which obviously benefits from this um although it looks like um mcconnell did a 180 now again he's saying "No, oh, no, it's off the table so um there was some bipartisan consensus on a like on a skinny measure to do the to to get to get the chip uh, aspect of it but you know democrats keep throwing other stuff on it like the environmental stuff on it and you know family leave i mean who knows what they what they try to attach to these things and i don't think McConnell's going to go for it and it it's, this is not a filibuster proof bill you know and i'm saying it's not it's not budget re- reconciliation it's literally a, a sort of corporate welfare for U.S. chip manufacturers, and uh, and I think I, you know, the last I read, he's gonna, he's he's against it now.
1: Wow! How, I, as didn't they have a show as the world turns? <laughs> yeah, that's this, that's your show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we got we got a minute left. Anything else you you want to tell the American people? This is crazy. What's going on?
0: I don't know, man. It's you know, as a reporter, it's fun, but as a citizen, it's not. You know what I need? I need a drink.
1: I, I, agree, I agree with that. So I don't, don't blame you, don't I don't blame you. Well, Charlie Gasparino, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, God bless you. And you too, John. And we need we need God's blessing this time. Thank we you do. so much, thank Charlie. I'm, Charlie, I am
2: going to run for councilman after what you said. Please don't do
1: that. <laughs> thank you, Charlie. All right, guys, bye. Take care. And uh, in the studio with us, we got uh, two good friends that that used to live in the Hamptons, and they pressed the escape button. Now they move to Naples, Florida. We've got Michael Sherman and Francis Sherman. How are you guys? Happy to be here.
2: Happy to be here, John. Thanks for
1: having me. Okay. And tell us about Naples, Florida.
4: We're actually enjoying it very much. It's kind of more laid back than New York, obviously. Weather is just as hot. People are nice. And it feels like less tension, less stress, cleaner, safer. All good things. Do they have
1: common-sense politicians in Florida?
2: Yes, thank God.
1: Thank God. Thank
2: does it bother God. you not paying high New York taxes? Does that affect you at all? <laughs> uh, Don't you miss
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> how, how, many, how many New Yorkers, uh, Judge, how many New Yorkers have uh, moved to Florida out of New York already?
5: Hundreds of thousands.
1: Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands. Charlie, you know, uh, Peter, you know, you, do you have any idea how many?
4: I've heard 3 400,000, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a large number. Good part of my neighbors are former yeah. New Yorkers.
3: So, no. Mayor, I don't know if, uh, can I bring up a topic? Mayor Adams, just real quick, do you want to talk about it? Go ahead. Uh, Mayor Adams just said a short time ago, I'll get your opinion on this. So we're having an influx of migrants coming to New York City, and he's a Democrat. He calls himself the Biden of Brooklyn. Take a listen to what he just said moments ago.
2: This is a real burden on New Yorkers as we're trying to do the right thing. Uh, we already, as I stated, we already have an overburdened shelter system. So now we're talking about, as you stated, food, clothing, school. This is going to impact our, uh, migrants our schools because we do not turn away individuals because they're undocumented. Uh, translation services. There's just a whole host of things that this is going to produce, and that's why we need, we need help. Michael,
3: what do, you, what do you think about this?
4: I think it's a nationwide, pro- pro- nationwide problem. And I don't know if the country can even afford to address it. Right. Because it's everywhere.
3: It's everywhere. This it is
5: a national problem. Close the borders. They need to enforce the immigration laws. Yo, it's not I
3: don't
4: even know how much millions of people who are here consuming but not producing are adding to the inflation level just because of the increased demand. It's not just social services. I think we see it in everything.
1: Well, we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to come back with uh, Congressman Garbarino.
2: Andrew Garbarino, great guy. Andrew
1: Garbarino. Let's take that break.
2: It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Welcome back to the John Katzmatitti's Cats at Night show. Now we have on the line for us Long Island Congressman, New York's 2nd Congressional District, Congressman Andrew Garbarino. He did a fantastic job on 9-11 health care, the the defense budget. And now what what are we hearing, Congressman King, that there are some issues when it comes to that for what happened on 9-11? Yeah,
2: unfortunately, the 9-11 health care fund is going to be running out of funding. And thank God Andrew Garbarino is leading the fight. Unfortunately, the Democrats are cleverly keeping this from coming to a vote. So Andrew, you're doing a phenomenal job. I'm really proud that uh, you took my place. Uh, nobody misses me; they all love you. So tell us about the 911. <laughs> why, why are the
1: Democrats trying to prevent it from coming for a vote? Because they want to keep it they're as trying, an issue. Yeah, they're
6: trying to tie. They're trying to you know they're, they're trying to make an issue and they're trying to tie it to a bigger, yeah. uh, more progressive uh, bill. You know, if they if they had this vote uh, up tomorrow, it would it would pass with huge amounts uh, with huge amounts of support. So they won't do uh, it as a standalone. No. It. They won't do yeah. it as a stand- – as of right now, they won't do it as a standalone. Ah, we're that's having- the trick. That's the trick. Yeah.
3: That's how they get stuff. So, Andrew, fast.
2: what are the chances? How does it look?
6: Well, look, we're, we're, you know, we've – well, it, we, it needs to get done sooner rather than later because uh, a couple months ago they were saying the money was going to run out by 2025. Now if they're saying the money's going to – they're, uh, they're going to have to start making cuts in 20, uh, 20, 2024. So we need to do it now because pretty soon they'll say, oh, well, well, we're, we're, it's even more expensive. It's going to be 2023. So we have to do it now. There's COVID money there now that we could use uh, for this. Uh, it's three billion dollars, and, and and that's what the shortfall will be. Uh, we're having good discussions with committee uh, committee staff. The Republican ranker uh, has been helping us on the committee. Kathy McMorris Rogers to try to push it through. Uh, we've put a lot of pressure on uh, Chairman Pallone, uh to build to bring the bill up uh, in the uh, Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, Discussions are happening, but, you know, we need to do whatever we can. We need to get everybody calling their Congress people and saying, we, we need to, this vote now. We can't wait uh, till next election.
2: Well, Andrew, I think it's very significant. Somebody who's in his first term in Congress is leading the fight on this issue. So, really, thank you for that.
5: Congressman, it's, uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. You've pointed out previously, I think it's very important, our audience here, this because of COVID, people haven't been going in and getting the medical attention. How does that impact the 9-11 survivors?
6: Oh, absolutely. Well, and first I want to say this, this program would not have happened if it weren't for Pete King. Um, uh, you know, he, 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 he's given me a lot of praise, but this would not have happened for him. So it's only right that I, I keep the good work that he's doing go that he did going. So, uh, you know, it is, you know, it's an honor to follow in his footsteps and I'm going to keep praying for these guys, like uh, these men and women, like Pete did. Uh, but judge, I, I, we talked about this before, you know, everybody, during COVID, a lot of people didn't go see their doctor's, uh, it was really, you know, whether or not you had COVID, you go see it. You, you didn't go for the regular checkups. So a lot of people had who might not have known they had cancer, who might not have known that they had they had these sicknesses, They didn't go for 18 months, for two years, and now they go and, and it, they're already in stage two or three or possibly four, uh, and they had no idea they had it. So that's why we're trying to use COVID money. A lot of these diseases uh, came out, uh, uh, you know, during COVID. Uh, people are still getting sick uh, as of now, even though it's 21 years later. Uh, it's it, and it's just getting worse. It, it, it's getting worse. The cancers are getting worse. It, it's getting more expensive to treat them. But we owe it to these people. We owe it to the responders who were there that day and the and the weeks and months afterwards. We owe it to the survivors that were that were there that day and the weeks and the and the months afterwards. You know, they went. They volunteered. They cleaned up. They they uh, breathed the bad dust. They they were there. You know, looking for uh, fallen. Uh, Firefighters, fallen police officers, and and men and women who worked there that day. We owe it to them to cover uh, their health their health care. You know, it's, it's, there's nothing. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat issue. It's 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 a humane issue. We need to do this. Uh, it's our responsibility to make sure that they are taken care of and that they don't face any cuts uh, for their health care.
3: Congressman, uh, right before we came to you, we played a soundbite from Mayor Adams where he talks about that New York City can't handle the influx of migrants coming in, that it's overwhelming our homeless shelters, it's fiscally not sustainable. I know MS-13 was a big problem out on Long Island. You were also there on the border. Are you concerned? Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, he just said, we're seeing record numbers of migrants coming across the border. Are you worried? Are you afraid? Because I know together with uh, President Trump and Congressman King, you guys got rid of MS-13. And now we could see a resurgence of these horrific gangs. Tell me what, what is your feeling and what did you witness at the border yourself?
6: We are, we are seeing a resurgence of the gangs. You, you talk to uh, uh, Suffolk County police, Nassau uh, National County police. I speak to them all the time. Uh, we are uh, seeing a resurgence with MS 13 on Long Island. Uh, we, in 2021, uh, we had, we saw a record of, of people crossing at the border, uh, and then we saw that record almost broken in the first month of 2022. It's, it's insanity. I've been down to El Paso. I've been down to the Del Rio sector. I've been to two different stations along the border. I've met with the border patrol. Things are not getting better down there. They're getting worse. And it's, it's really because of the policies, uh, that the current administration has. They're, they're saying, well, if you come over with a, a child, if you come over and you're a family unit, we'll give you an appearance ticket and then we'll let you off into, in, into the country and you, and you, and you just need, we need you to show up in 12 months, 18 months, when you had your hearing. And and so people say, fine, I'll show up with kids, and then I can just get uh, let in.
5: And then they disappear
3: forever.
6: And they disappear, and they don't show up. Uh, And when we ask Secretary Mayorkas, and we ask uh, Department of Homeland Security, how many of these people who you issue these appearance tickets to that don't show up, they say, well, that's not, we don't keep track of them." that goes to the the Health and Human Services. So they, they book them, they process them, then they let him go, and now it's another—it's another, it's another uh, department, agency's uh, job to follow. It's—it's it, it's a joke. So we—we we can't even get a straight answer as to how they actually show up uh, for their for their hearings.
2: Hey, Andrew, uh, other and, than and, other than Henry Cuellar, are there any Democrats who are willing to take a strong stand on the border?
6: A strong stand on the border, yeah. not that I've seen. Uh, yeah. Not that I've seen. We've Republicans. Republicans have put up time and time time and time again motions. Uh, to, to finish the wall, to change, uh, to change, uh, you know, the policy, to make sure that t- to keep Remain in Mexico in place that this administration is trying to end, to keep, uh, to keep the COVID uh, practices in place on there so everybody gets, if you, if you get uh, uh, app- apprehended at the border, you were sent back into Mexico. Uh, but no Democrats have sided with us when we put those votes up. When and what, was, what about Jackie Title 42?
5: Right They're now, he's just declared... One. He's just declared a, uh, an emergency, and yet Title 42 is trying to knock out. How, do, how does he reconcile? How does the Biden administration reconcile that?
6: They don't reconcile it. They, it's all politics to them. Title 42 allows us – you think we have a record now? Nine out of ten people apprehended at the border are sent back to Mexico because of Title 42. And we're already being, over, we're, we're being overrun with one out of ten. Imagine the, the nine out of ten are, are, also can come in you know we won't we don't know where we won't have any place to put i mean it's there's it's a record of numbers. record numbers are coming because of the current administration's policies we need to fight back uh hopefully we can hold on until republicans uh take over the house in january which i i believe we will i, I strongly believe we will
3: well, congressman uh, how can... frustrating is this though that Who's going to pay for this? We are, the taxpayers, yet we have no say about these people being flown in the dead of night to our neighborhoods, being dumped in our school system. We, And then that's why they, even if they didn't intend on joining gangs, they end up joining gangs because they don't even have the proper family support or any other type of support. So this is a detriment all the way around. It's a human tragedy, and that's why it's so important for people to vote for people like you that put the constituents first.
6: Absolutely. Right now, the, the, based on our policies, the U.S. government is helping the cartels with human trafficking because they bring them to the border and all of a sudden we ship them on a, we, we ship them on, uh, on planes, we put them on buses and say, okay, uh, go see your, your aunt or your uncle who you're supposed to be meeting, who we don't verify. The, the administration doesn't verify that they're actually going to see relatives. They just, somebody comes, they have a name and a phone number and say, this is my aunt. They call and they send it, it. It's... It's a joke. It's an absolute joke, and we need to
1: change it. Congressman, we're out of time, but I want to say thank you for what you're doing, and keep up. Fight for our country. Fight for our uh, state, and God bless you. Good job, Andrew. uh, Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to have a break coming up, and we have uh, uh, Lou Dobbs calling in to give us a financial report.
0: This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Well, we're back, and uh, we're in the studio here, and we have uh, two good friends here. We have Michael Sherman and Francis Sherman. Along, You, you always knew Judge Weinberg. The breakfast, the breakfast Club. Forever. Forever. Congressman Peter King. Yep.
2: We know again, well, from, the also break- know so from the so Breakfast
1: yeah. Club. Yep, yep. And we're all connected to Father Alex, I guess. That's right. But I have to say, listening to Congressman
5: uh, Garbarino, He's really on top of that issue. It's very important that we take care of these 9 11 victims. And they keep popping up every day. And you can't sit back idly and just wait. And this district,
2: be- as much as any other in the country, was devastated by 9-11.
5: And Congressman King, it's so important that the people get services now. Right. It's not a partisan issue. It's not a Democratic issue. It's not a Republican issue. It, as Congressman uh, Gabrino says, it's a humanitarian issue, and it's very important right. we get these people the medical attention
1: that they need. They deserve it.
2: And they're entitled and, uh, to annual physicals to get so they catch these things early. These a
1: rare 9-11 diseases. And Francis Sherman, you have any opinion on that? Well, yes, of course, it's,
7: it's a wonderful humanitarian thing to continue to do. Um, you can't ignore the effects of, of that awful time. Um, also, the issue with the borders. Um, there's human trafficking issues that still need to be uh, contended with that wasn't even discussed in the last segment. But I think it's important that the public right. be aware
3: of that. You're right. There is human trafficking, sex, you know, sex traffickers. And I, I just don't understand. It's a tragedy on both a sides. A lot of people
1: dying on both sides. Right, uh, And uh, I understand we're waiting for uh, Judge Jeanine Pirro. Come on, is she on? With us today is Jeanine Pirro, Judge Jeanine Pirro, and one of the smartest ladies I know, and she is one tough lady. Janine Pirro, Judge Pirro, tell me. Uh, so many things are happening in New York. People are getting killed all over the place. Uh, business people are trying to defend themselves. Uh, what say you? Well, you know, the first
8: thing I would say, I want to talk about the bodega uh, owner who ended up uh, killing someone in self-defense. It took the DA, uh, Alvin Bragg, that progressive DA who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. uh, It took him three weeks to figure out that the bodega owner, Alba was entitled to defend himself on so many different levels. Uh, He was in his own store. He was being knocked around and threatened. He said to the person who came in, to the man he ultimately killed, who was a gangbanger, career criminal, done several prison stints, uh, he said to him, I want no trouble, Papa. And the guy threw him into a corner. Then he tried to get up, and then he, he cornered him again. And Alba was reasonable and justified in believing that his life was in danger. And so he did something that anyone in that situation would do. He grabbed whatever was available, which was a box cutter. And he killed his assailant. Now, the fact that the DA took three weeks to figure this out, a guy with no record who didn't want to have a problem, who's never had a problem, and a guy who was a, uh, uh, um, you know, a career criminal, uh, is crazy enough. But what this speaks to, John, is the fact that, but for that video, New Yorkers would never have gotten behind this bodega owner. It would just be another case where a guy goes to Rikers Island for killing someone. We've got to start protecting business owners in New York. And that means I don't care if it's a bodega owner or a store owner or anybody. When people are trying to do business, they're trying to make a living and feed their families. And you've got a DA who's too dumb to even look at a videotape and know that that that's self-defense for three weeks, to even make a decision they were in real trouble. If it were not for that video, this man would be in prison for the rest of his life, and that is the victim bodega owner. So going forward, we've got to recognize that while we give money to illegals, they come into this country, we give them phones, we give them education, medication, whatever they need. We fly them into the interior of the United States. How about we give these bodega owners who don't have a video a video in their store, so that they can identify who's coming in, who's robbing them, who's threatening them, so they don't end up being a victim of a crime and ending up, if they defend themselves, being imprisoned themselves. And by the way, the dirtbag who came in who tried to uh, attack uh, the bodega owner, his girlfriend stabs Alba three times. His, his injuries get infected while he's in Rikers Island. Why isn't she being prosecuted for stabbing? She started the whole thing. She tried to use the government food card to buy chips for her kid. The government card didn't work, so she goes home and, and you know fires up her boyfriend who comes in to take a chunk out of this guy who's she went to life.
1: Judge, she went home for dinner uh, while stabbing that guy. And the guy that got stabbed, uh, the uh, store owner goes to Rikers Island, and nobody got him treated, no doctor, nothing got, got him treated uh, at Rikers Island. I mean, that's not fair. It, it's not fair, but you know what?
8: What in America is fair with Democrats and progressives in charge of the United States, of the criminal justice system? And you know what? I am tired. I am tired of people saying, we have to put an end to it. Do something about it. Governor Hochul, Mayor Adams, Go to Albany, get Heasty, Carl Heasty, and get Andrea Stewart-Cousins to stop this, this cashless bail nonsense where everybody gets, that gets turned out and goes out and
1: commits another offense. This November is the deciding vote. This November, people, right. people have to decide whom do you trust? Remember the words. Whom do you trust to keep you safe after the November election? Yes, yes, okay,
8: and there's no question, and if the people don't decide to get rid of the people in charge, all of us are going to be victims of this lunacy, this criminal privilege that we're seeing. Whenever anyone is charged with a, uh, 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 becomes a victim of a crime, they don't want to prosecute the criminal.
1: So the criminal's got all the privilege in this country. I look at Chicago, uh, uh, Judge Pirro, and... uh, how many young black and brown kids die every weekend? And, and the mayor there is not doing anything about it either. What's going on in America is they're taking down our institutions, John.
8: They're looking to destroy this country, to turn this country into a third world country where there is no law and order, where there is no Supreme Court, where there is no institution, where there is no justice. They want to take down capitalism, the justice system, and all that is that is worth living in America for. They're bringing in immigrants at three hundred thousand a month, two hundred sixty-nine thousand a month. Are you kidding me? And we can't protect bodega
1: owners and people who want to work for a living in the United States. This is lunacy. That's I don't want immigration because I'm an immigrant. We have to have checks and balances. We have to know who's coming and going. Well, it's got to be legal immigration. My family came here legally.
8: All of us came here legally, and but all of a sudden now it's okay to come into this country and just say, hey, take care of me and my family. I understand some people, want, some people want to work, they want jobs, but at the same time, we've got to recognize how many people is enough. How many people can we afford to keep in this country? How many millions will come through while Joe Biden is president of the United States? They're destroying the country. And it's Judge, not just immigration. It's the I, lack
1: of justice. Judge Jeanine Pirro, we, we have know. to – I tell all New Yorkers – and you tell all New Yorkers and all Americans that this November they have to vote the right way to make sure to keep our city crime-free and to keep our country free. And uh, uh, we've got a minute left. Anything we else think- you want to tell uh, All Americans. Well, what's
8: happening now that the United States Supreme Court has said it's okay to carry a weapon, we're going to see more people carrying guns, defending themselves, and get ready for the left to say you don't have a right to defend yourself. So you know what? You've got to make sure that you can protect yourself and your family. Don't rely on anyone but yourself. And get out and vote.
1: God bless you and God bless America. And uh, we're, we're going to maintain the American way of life truth. Justice in the American way. Thank you so much. You got it, John. Love you. you Bye-bye.
3: That was a great interview with Judge Jeanine. Now we have uh, another great uh, guest on the line for us, Scott Powell. He has been a fellow at Stanford's Hoover Institution and is currently senior fellow at Discovery Institute, an analyst by trade. And this is his third book out. The United States is already in World War III. I've heard John Katzmatiti saying that as well. We're Mm -hmm. being attacked on all fronts. Welcome to Cats at Night, Scott Powell.
7: A pleasure to be with you all.
3: So tell us about your book. How did you come to the conclusion that the U.S. is already in World War III?
7: It's pretty obvious if you, if you have common sense and you open your eyes. But this is unlike uh, other wars. This is, uh, you know, it's not a matter of physical territory or fronts of a conventional war. The battlefield of this war is our mind and soul. The goal is to confuse and demoralize the American people, and particularly to demoralize patriots like you and me and others. We're being gaslighted all the time. Uh, The war is through ideological, spiritual, and psychological operations, also known as PSYOPs, and I'd add lawfare to that, and, and just a range of other deceptions, and it's unrecognized by most people. Uh, it's been going, this, this war has been going on uh, during the last century in different forms and against, and with different actors. Uh, uh, and the primary targets of this war are American people's sense of identity and belonging, their family orientation, their faith in God, and their appreciation for their country. The enemy battle plan has been to create division within America in every possible way. Between children and their parents, between young and old, between races, between genders, between heterosexuals and homosexuals. And the recent explosion of the transgender movement may be a marker, in fact, of a nearing of the end. For no civilization can survive when individuals turn upon
1: themselves. Mr. Powell, I've been saying that, but I've been setting it, saying it different. Uh, I call it the Chinese, the art of war. What is that? The Michael Sherman's son, did you do? Sun Tzu. Yeah, Sun Tzu. You're, you're referring because, to Sun Tzu.
7: And, and, you know, China has a unique warfighting orientation that traces back to Sun Tzu, who lived in the 4th century B.C., and his name actually means Grand Master. Uh, Chinese military and political decision makers still emphasize Sun Tzu's admonition to, quote, break the enemy's resistance without fighting. And also to exploit isn't that the normalcy bias.
1: Isn't that our borders are under attack? Our kids yes. are dying from fentanyl coming from, from, from Mexico. And, and the, the the Homeland Security Secretary refuses to close the borders. I mean, that has to border on treason a little bit. And and our legal system is under attack. Our our, our education Critical system is race under theory. attack. Critical race theory. And we're under attack in so many places. And it's, it's, it's about time that the American people realize that there's a war going on But it's not with nuclear weapons, and it's not with bullets. It's a psychological war that is going on, and they're trying to change our way of life. Absolutely true, and that's why I I wrote Rediscovering
7: America. And it's like no other book, because of its approach to the central issue of our time, that our country is now in a fight for its life. A hydra-headed war of ideas is being waged by enemies of America to undermine our heritage, divide our people so as to bring an end to life in our constitutional republic as we, that's you and I and all your listeners uh, and all generations before, have known it. And I wrote this book to defeat these enemies of our republic by equipping readers from every walk of life, From it doesn't matter what your political party is. If you look at our history, you can get connected to the great accomplishments and this arc of redemption that that punctuate and define our history. I mean, we're a country that solves problems.
2: Scott Powell, this is former Congressman Pete King, and you mentioned before that this has happened in the past to some extent in previous centuries, but I don't think you've ever had a major political party adopting these... uh, decisions and positions that are undermining the country as a whole. I mean, now you have the president talks about systemic racism, attacking police, uh, opening the borders. And uh, again, in the past, while you had you know, the New Deal and others, yeah, they made changes on the edges and some you know, significant changes made, but nothing like this, which undermines the country itself, the very fabric of the country. And that's why I agree with you. I think these are dangerous times.
7: Oh, they are. Absolutely. And that's why each one of us has a responsibility to talk to our friends and family that may be confused and don't understand. We are a country of the people, by the people, for the people. So our reform, our transformation, our saving our country starts with us. We, people have to vote. They have to know what the issues are and vote. And people need to give up some of their time, sacrifice an hour or two a week uh, to, to work in a capacity to help save this country. That can be on the school board. It can be in any number of ways. We need to flood the voting places and volunteer to watch uh, you know uh, the, the the voting tables, the vote counting tables uh, at, at the polling place. We need a presence so that what happened before cannot happen again. And we have to be mindful of you know of false flag operations that are bound to come between now and election day to change our voting protocols, to to have a repeat of what happened in 2020. There'll be something. There'll be a number of things. You wait and see. We it's need. Called, to it's called the, the October course. surprise. Well, that's right. It'll be an October surprise.
3: Well, thank you so much, Scott Powell. Thank you for all of your insight and wisdom, and your book again. Is the United States is already in World no, no, War? No, no,
7: that no. The book's name is Rediscovering America, and you can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It was a number one bestseller in the Historical Studies series for eight straight weeks. It's a powerful book. It's readable. It's made for professionals that don't have a lot of time to read. It's 200 pages long, but it'll blow your mind. It will change your perspective about this great country.
3: Rediscovering America. Well,
1: thank you very much for coming on, and uh, we're going to have to take a hard break, and we'll we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you. Well, I think we lost some. We'll come
3: back with Let's Senator ca-
1: D'Amato. Yes. I I can't wait for the senator. I mean, and his his birthday is coming up, but I won't tell anybody how old he is.
2: He's young. This is Cats at
0: Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Welcome back to the John Katzmatiti's Cats at Night show. Senator D'Amato is on the line with us. And Senator D'Amato, your former best man, just announced a short time ago this. I want your reaction to it.
4: The first frost... You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer.
3: So he just said he has cancer. Or was that another gaffe?
4: That's a gaffe,
9: number one. Number two, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Number three, he makes up stories as he goes along. Number four, you know that this uh, new... Uh, legislation, which should be, by the way, legislation, instead of a a presidential edict, uh, and and he's going to get challenged in court and and lose it on the environment in which I predict he's going to call for the spending of tens of billions of dollars, okay, Uh, to make us all electric. And by the way, it's not bad to look for alternative energy for uh, uh, safer ways to produce energy, but you don't do it overnight. And do you know what the cost is of building these offshore wind powers? It, do you know it will increase the average of cost of electricity to produce it? It's eight times more, eight times. that That's what this wind uh, power is going to cost. Who's going to pay for it? Your electric bills are going to go through the ceiling. This, this is madness, total madness. And I predict it will be stopped in the courts because the president doesn't have that power. And the courts just ruled in another matter the same way. They said, no, you can't do this. You have to go to Congress. So all his pie in the sky is total nonsense while he neglects what is taking place right in front of them. When you have Mayor Adams, a colleague of his in New York City saying, you gotta stop sending the migrants up here to New York City, we can't handle them. Well, what about the other places throughout the country? What about the the hundreds and hundreds, the actual thousands now, that get snuck into Long Island, into Nassau County, Suffolk County, and, and, and those youngsters who go to school, and by the way, the largest part of our tax bills in Nassau County, where I live, 71% is the school districts. And so while they bring in thousands of youngsters into communities, the homeowners who live in these communities wind up paying the bill. And that's what's going on with this open border business. Senator- I have to tell you- it's a disgrace, and he's a disgrace.
5: Senator, it's uh, Judge Richard Warnberg, sir. Mayorkas, once again, on an interview today, said that the border is secure. What do you say about that?
9: Oh, that's nonsense. Uh, I, I mean, how could you say the border is secure when uh, every person who comes there is allowed to come, uh, is allowed to be uh, uh, stopped unless you can show uh, that uh, they are a threat. That they are on the list and listed as dangerous. Okay, but otherwise, they all come in, and there's little of any accountability when they're given an opportunity to say, "Well, you have to come back for an appearance." You, you had others on your show testify. The congressman from Suffolk who's doing a good job. There's no checking on that. They don't know, and 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 you. We can't even t- uh, know. How many people who came in here who were scheduled for appearances didn't appear? And I have to tell you, I'll bet you the vast majority don't appear. So they'll be in this country forever. And then we then we have the president and his Justice Department. What a joke that is. The attorney general of Arizona, all right, is, it has to go into court to defend the fact that Arizona passed legislation which said you have to be a US citizen to vote in a federal election. And who is challenging that? Huh? Our government. Did you ever hear of anything? You know, People really don't know that's taking place, and, and we ought to talk about it more. I, I think everyone figures that our Constitution provides, it's got to be a citizen to vote in a, for, for the president of the United States for a federal election. And here, our Justice Department is against that. Yeah, this this is, is the Biden administration. Uh, this uh, administration is out of control. Uh, and uh, he is uh, an old man who doesn't go- know what the hell he's doing.
2: Al, I was going to ask, this is Pete King. What are your comments on Bill de Blasio dropping out? Are you upset by that? Are you sad? How how, how do you feel about that? He's
9: heartbroken. That? Well, I think he probably would have doubled what they said he was going to get, I think they predicted he'd get from between 3 and 5. He'd probably get between 6 and, and 10. No, I'm not upset. Um, he obviously dropped out because he had no chance of winning. So um, he, he took the prudent, prudent course. But I'll tell you what I'm concerned about, Pete, and this is big. The egomaniac who did a good job while he was president, but he's still an egomaniac, a whack-a-doodle when it comes to his image, and that is for the former President Trump, he's going to declare his presidency that he's going to run for president before the midterms. You know why? Uh, He wants to preclude others from getting involved.
1: Well, I don't don't know who who can throw a knockout punch to him. Uh, Senator D'Amato, the best U.S. Senator in New York ever had. Thank you so much for calling in. And, and his, his birthday's
3: coming up soon, And right? your
1: birthday's coming up, and I'll be there, and I can't, I can't miss it. We'll follow stand with you and Peter. Yes, we'll be there. And uh, Congressman King, thank you. And uh, Judge Weinberg, Mike, and Francis uh, Sherman, thank you for stopping by. And uh, Lydia, my sidekick, what do we stand for in this show? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and, and the, the American, American Way. way.